tonight to Luke chapter 17. I'm going to give you a few verses to start tonight, okay? So we're going to look at, I don't know, three or four passages. Um, and of course, we're continuing our study on faith matics. Um, Matt, I haven't had a chance to listen to the sermon yet, but um, we've uploaded it on the internet. I've had lots of comments about that. Amen. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap of praise, Brother Matt. Amen. I, um, I told him, you know, as always, you know, anybody that I ask to preach when I'm gone, you know, just preach where the Lord lays on your heart. And, and um, I don't know, after a few, few days, he said, you know, I think I'm, I'm going with faith Maddox. He's going to preach on the subject of faith. And so I appreciate you doing that and feel like it's uh, what the Lord's certainly saying to us as a, as a family of faith. Amen. All right, so um, let's, uh, I think you'll see why we're going to look at the verses that we're looking at here. You'll see the, the common thread between them. But Luke chapter 17 and verse 5, it says, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Increase our faith. Now, I'm not here to teach on all these things, but let me just, maybe later you'll want to do this. Jesus then begins to teach them about a seed and a servant, okay? So they're asking him to increase their faith, and he answers that request by teaching them about the power of a seed and the power of a servant. And he talked about, in the servant part, he talked about after the servant had, had worked in the field all day and came, came back to the master's house, that that servant didn't prop up his feet and expected, you know, to, for the master to wait on him. But even after working all day, he then went in and prepared the master uh, a meal and, and continued to serve. Jesus wasn't ignoring their request to increase our faith. He was giving them instructions on how to exercise faith and, and how to endure in faith which is ultimately how faith increases in our lives. Now, it is good for us to understand faith as something that can grow and something that has been given to us. The Bible says God has given to every person the measure of faith. That's in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And so... Good for us to know that we've been given faith and also good for us to understand that the faith we've been given is something that can grow and needs to be developed. Like a muscle, faith can increase and grow stronger if it is fed and exercised. If it is fed and exercised. Now, I think when the disciples said, increase our faith. One translation says increase the measure of faith. And, and so <laughs> I think what they were basically wanting him to do is uh, it, it would be like me saying, uh, you know, Father, make my, make my biceps bigger overnight, you know. In other words, I think they were wanting him to increase their faith without them having to do anything with the faith that they've been given not plan anything, not do anything. That's why I think he responded with the, 
you know, teaching about the seed and the servant. All right? So faith, again, is something that we've all been given, but also needs to be developed. And we develop our faith by feeding it what it needs to grow. Physical muscles need protein to grow, right? Your faith needs the protein of the Word of God to grow. Faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But it also needs to be exercised. In other words, faith without some action is dormant. So the good news in this is that the faith that we have been given needs to be developed, but it can be developed and it can grow stronger and therefore become more effective as it does so. Now, Acts chapter 16 and verse number 5. Acts chapter 16 and verse number 5. It says, So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. So notice now they're being strengthened in faith. And notice what's happening to the church as the individual members of the church are being strengthened in faith. What's, what's corresponding to that? More and more people are coming into the church. As the people who were already in the church grew in faith, that new development of their faith helped bring other people into the church. Remember, the only way to come into the church, according, we're not talking about a social club here, we're talking about people getting born again, right? And the Lord added to the church daily, the Bible says, in another place such as should be saved. Okay? I've got another one for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 15. I'll give you a moment to turn there. I see some of you turning. You might want to mark this in your Bible. 2 Corinthians 10 and 15. It says, Not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope, that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. Okay? Now, we're looking at this verse because of it speaking to people's faith increasing. To give you a brief background of what's being spoken to here, the, the Apostle Paul has been accused by some religiously minded people of basically cutting in on their territory. And Paul is the one who pioneered the work in Corinth. He went in there and, and preached the gospel when the gospel had not yet been preached there and, and helped establish a church there. And now that church had become growing and thriving, a spirit-filled church. And, and others were, were, you know, trying to dispute uh, his rank, if you will, in the body of Christ and, and these sorts of things. Again, there's lots of practical things we could look at as far as order and structure and cooperation among ministries and so forth and so on. The main thing I'm wanting you to see here is that Paul is addressing that conflict and how he's 
you know, not boasting of things. He's not making, you know, uh, false claims, boasting beyond measure. Um, nor is he saying that he's done what other people, you know, taking credit for their labor. He says, but having hope that as your faith is increased. So he's talking here to the, to the church at Corinth, the body of Christ. And he's saying that my hope is as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. And then he goes on to talk about preaching in other places. Now, the connection here is that as their faith increases, their finances will increase as well. Come on now. What Paul is saying here is that as they grow in faith, that faith will help them lay hold of more finances which in turn will give them more finances to sow back into the kingdom, which will then enable him to go and preach the gospel to other people who haven't heard it yet. So again, there's a couple things that I want to make sure you see here. Number one is that these folks were given the measure of faith, but now Paul has been feeding that faith and, and, and instructing them and teaching them and, 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 and writing to them and praying for them because he's wanting to see their faith increased. Are you glad tonight that wherever your faith may have grown to, whatever point your faith may have developed to, that it can develop beyond where it is tonight? That your faith can increase, that your faith can grow, that it can become stronger. And of course, remember, uh, faith receives what grace has already given. And so faith is, is what enables us to lay hold of all the things that Father God has already freely given to us. Remember, there came a day when all that God had promised Abraham staggered Abraham. He was unable to lay hold of it, take that ball and run with it, so to speak. But as he grew in faith, as he become strengthened in faith, his faith enabled him to lay hold of more and more of what God had promised to him, what, what Father God said belonged to him. I've been telling you now for months, money can't fix a faith problem, but faith problem can fix a money problem. Amen. And, and you see, <laughs> come on now, Amen. You see here what he's saying, that as their faith increases, their finances will increase, which will translate into him being able to preach the gospel other places. All right, I've got another one for you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. So now this is another letter to another church. Corinthians was written to the church at Corinth. This is another group of believers, uh, one body of Christ, you know, but a, a, a different company, or as Paul used the word translated here in our English Bible, sphere. Sphere, in other words, his, his um, uh, place that, that he had went in and, and spearheaded a, a work. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting. 
because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. <laughs> you know, there are, there are certain plants that, you know, grow so slowly that it's hard to tell that they're growing at all. But then there are other plants. It's like you can watch them grow. I don't have this, the, the, the facts in front of me, so I'm not going to um, shoot from the hip on it, but Google bamboo. And... and um, and look at how exceedingly uh, it grows. It, it can grow feet in the course of a 24-hour period. So Paul is complimenting the Thessalonians, the Thessalonians, I guess, would be the better way of saying it, the more correct way of saying it. Because not only is their faith growing, it grows exceedingly. And of course, with that, the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. Let me give you the same verse in the Passion Translation. He says, we feel a personal responsibility to continually be thanking God for you, our spiritual family, every time we pray. And we have every reason to do so because your faith is growing marvelously beyond measure. The unselfish love each of you share for one another is increasing and overflowing. All right. Um, so let it be among us. We see that faith is something that can grow, can become stronger, can uh, increase. We see different people groups, different churches. Um, I, I think it's important here because, you know, Paul is not just talking to an individual. You know, we, we all know people, and I, I've, you know, I, I won't start naming names, but I, I have seeing folks lay hold of the Word of God and just grow, 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 grow so fast. You know, while others, let's just say not so much. But I think it's really awesome here that the Apostle Paul is not just talking about a small group within the church, but that the entire church Now, again, you, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, people are people. Amen. And if, you know, if 3,000 folks were members at, at the Church of Corinth, um, we don't know the exact number, but if there was that many that were at the Church of Corinth, then, you know, I'm not saying every single last one of them, uh, you know, they're, they're different folks, but the, the point being, the overwhelming majority of the entire congregation growing, developing, strengthening, 
Are you seeing this? Does this interest you? Are you, are you just what I mean by this? Is this, is this you know, I'm like, Father, you know, I, 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 my prayer is for us to grow in faith this year at Heritage, for us to increase in faith, for us to, to, to be strengthened in faith, that, that our faith is growing marvelously beyond measure. Amen. Well, praise God. Luke 8. Let's go there now, please. Luke, the 8th chapter. One of the ways that I believe, it's not the only way, but one of the ways that I believe that we can grow in faith is, is by growing in our understanding of faith. Ignorance is such a problem among God's people. Father said that his people perish for a lack of knowledge. Now, that lack of knowledge could, could be, uh, you know, lack of knowledge of our righteousness. It could be a lack of knowledge of, of the words of our mouth. We mentioned that a little bit in class this, this evening. Uh, it could be a lack of knowledge when it comes to God's financial principles. Um, so the lack of knowledge would be a, a blanket statement that, that could apply to virtually anything that has to do with the knowledge of God. But when we come to this all-important um, uh, thing called faith, a, a lack of knowledge in the area of faith is particularly um, uh, uh, damaging uh, given all that faith is meant to accomplish and produce in our lives. Faith is how we appropriate and walk in daily victory in our lives. It's how we overcome. It's, it's, it's how we lay hold. It, it, for crying out loud, it's how we please God. I shared this with the, uh, the Ephesians class a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if the men were just tired that morning or they weren't impressed or just registered somewhere deep inside of them and their mouths and faces didn't show it, okay? But I'm going to try it again. Because, man, I have just been, this has just been jamming on me. I mean, it's been good for me. Amen. Um, some of you have probably heard of John and Lisa Bevere. They are ministers and authors, have written a lot of books. And they have a son now, uh, adult son now, is written, writing. And, and um, Addison is his name, Addison Bevere. And he was talking about sitting and watching his young son ride his tricycle and just kind of sitting on the curb and, and just enjoying a, a nice evening and just kind of talking with the Lord about his son. And you know how you have those moments, sit in fellowship with the Lord. And he said the Lord spoke to him, and, um, and this, is what, this is what the Holy Spirit told him. The Holy Spirit told him that Father God's love language is faith. That Father God's love language is faith. Now, if you've never heard of or, or never read Gary Chapman's book um, about the five love languages, then that may not, you know, touch you as much as it touches someone else who's familiar with that book. But the concept behind a love language is that there are at least five distinct ways that, that people receive love. Um, like, for instance, some folks, love is communicated to them through the giving of gifts others through words of affirmation. 
And we have a tendency to think that everybody receives love the way we receive it or, or the way we would we best receive it or prefer to receive it. That's what I'm saying. And, and, um, and that's, again, it's a, it's a really good tool in, in marriages and things of that nature to, for you to understand um, how your spouse best receives the love you're trying to communicate to them. Yes, okay, I'm not here to teach love languages tonight, but I just thought that was so cool. It so touched a part in my heart when, when I believe the Holy Spirit absolutely said that to him. I believe that's absolutely true. Because what pleases the Father most, what communicates our love for Him the most, it's when we trust Him. It's, it's, it's when we place our confidence in Him. When we trust Him with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. You know, we can sit here and talk about, I love you, Jesus, love you, Lord, sing the songs top of our lungs. But if, if we're not trusting Him, if, if we don't uh, know enough about his love for us to know that, that, that we can give him our tithe and not have to steal it from him to think we got to do that to survive, right? These are the things. That's his love language, man. Faith is Father's love language. It pleases him. It touches his heart. Amen. And so as we, as we understand faith and the importance of faith, people perish for a lack of knowledge. People are in bondage for a lack of knowledge. People are defeated for a lack of knowledge. And again, that, that can be a lack of knowledge that has anything to do with, with Father's ways and wisdom, but it's especially damaging. It's, a, it's especially harmful and defeating when we're ignorant when it, you know, concerning the subject of faith. Amen. I want you to begin to think of this, this, uh, this, this spiritual force of faith that's inside of you that, that is, it needs to be developed, yes, it needs to be strengthened, yes, but more than anything, it needs to be released. We need to begin to take every opportunity uh, that we can find to release our faith. To, you say, well, Pastor Martin, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Well, again, it's, it's hard to, to, to put into specific words you know, explains to somebody how to do it. But, but words are used most of the time when we release faith. The idea is a, a, a conscientious, deliberate uh, choice to believe God and even to say it out of your mouth. Amen. That we believe Him. Now, Luke chapter 8. This section of our study... Um, we're, we're simply calling case studies in, um, in faith and healing. And by a case study, we mean looking at specific cases in the scriptures where people um, used their faith to receive from God. And what we have in... Luke 8 is um, a twofer, okay? <laughs> in other words, it, 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 there's actually two stories that are, that are intertwined here. The, the, the story begins, when I say story, the, the historical account, the record, amen, uh, begins with a man named Jairus who comes to Jesus and asks Jesus to come to his house and heal his daughter. If you look at this in the three different Gospels that record it, and I, we're obviously looking at it in Luke 
8 tonight, but it's in, it's in other Gospels as well. You see more details. Some Gospels record details that the others don't. We find out that she's 12 years old. We find out that um, she is very sick at the point of death. And Jairus, um, he comes to Jesus and he falls on his knees before Jesus and he begs Jesus to come to his house. Now, listen to me, please. If, if we're going to do case studies in faith and healing, we're going to have to find the faith. In other words, um, look at, 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 at where the faith is being released. And with Jairus, the faith was released, yes, in what he did. He humbled himself, knelt down at Jesus' feet. But then he says, if you come to my house, if you come to my house and, and heal my daughter, I believe she will be well. So there's his faith. His faith is expressed by a full persuasion in his heart that if Jesus will only come to his house, and that word only is a key word. Only is a key word. In other words, he had eliminated every other option, every other factor, and it, for, for Jairus, it boiled down to one thing and one thing only. Jesus was able to do it. Jesus, um, uh, you know, had the ability, knew that he healed other people, all this other stuff. It's just, it's, if he could get Jesus to his house to do it, it would be done. Okay. And Jesus said, yes, I, I will. All right. So, and behold, a man, let's, let's read it. And behold, there came a man named Jairus. He was ruler of synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now, in this uh, account, we don't, we don't have where he said, if you come. But that's exactly what he said. That's exactly what he believed. Now, Jesus... This is a hard thing, I think, for a lot of folks to come to terms with. Are you with me tonight? Y'all good? I, I, uh, listen, we're all members of the body of Christ. Amen. We're one body. Come on now. Is that right? And, I, and I'm hesitant at times to use phrases like our foundry brothers, you know, because you're just our brothers. Amen. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Amen. But I love to commend them anytime I can commend them. There was a confusion at the foundry about their supper tonight. They went to get their supper and somebody was confused and said, your suppers were delivered to Heritage. So they showed up at Heritage hungry for the word and hungry for their supper. Some of them have been up since four this morning, you know. Well, the park guys that y'all probably... Nobody said anything about, but John Mark, you know, he gets here in the morning on Wednesdays and he stays all the way through youth, you know, tonight. And then he works two 12-hour shifts Thursday and Friday. And so a lot of times he'll throw something, uh, you know, in a crock pot or I think he did it in the Instant Pot. He made this garlic lemon chicken. Did you guys smell that when you walked in? So... I'm fine. There, by the way, their suppers were not delivered here. All right, we were scrounging up stale hamburger buns, making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So these guys haven't had supper yet. Um, 
to come to hear and learn these things. But to compound it, I, this building, how many, how many of y'all smelt the garlic chicken when you came in, right? So just think now, you've been told your supper's at Heritage and you walk in the door and smell garlic chicken. They're like, man, you know. So, wah, 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 amen. Praise God. Um, amen. So, if, if we're going to learn these things, right? If we're going to, if we're, if we're going to, I was going somewhere with talking about my founder brothers. I just, amen. I love you guys, man. You, amen. Your desire and your hunger to learn and to know and to grow, um, uh, it, it inspires us. Amen. Um, so let me just get back here and wind, wind this up. I, maybe the Holy, Holy Spirit will help me show me where I was going. Maybe I just went down a rabbit trail there for a minute. We have these case studies, right? And so this, this, is, this is where um, this man's faith was. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right. It's sometimes hard for us to understand, but the sooner we nail this down, the better, Okay is that without faith, Jesus' hands are tied. This, again, see, we, we struggle with that. It, it goes back to some things we were covering in class tonight. You know, well, God is sovereign. God can do whatever. But no, see, Romans 4 says that he's made it accessible by faith so that it could be sure to anybody who wants it. And if we go outside of the system of receiving by faith, it, it takes it out of the arena of grace. And, and now we're back to a, what you deserve, what you earn, what you've been good enough you know, for God to give you or do for you. Are you seeing this? And so in, in these you know, records of, of, of what happened here, we see that Jesus went to this man's house because he saw faith. Are you understand what I'm saying? When, when he said, if you come to my house and, 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 and minister to my daughter, she, she will live. Because every indication was she was at the point of death. Now, a woman comes out of the crowd and, and, and grabs the hem of Jesus' garment. It says, as he went, multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind, touched the border of his garment. Immediately her flow of blood stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Key phrase here. Again, we're studying this. We're increasing in our understanding and knowledge of faith. He said, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. All right? Now, 
Two things and we'll finish. Number one, and we, and we don't have it here. I'm not going to take the time. We'll do it maybe next Wednesday. This woman didn't say to Jesus. The first man says to Jesus, if you come to my house. This woman didn't say anything to Jesus, but she, find the faith. Where's the faith? The faith was in what she said in her heart, what she said to herself. She said to herself within herself, if I only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. Now you say, well, which one of them was right? Because the first one said, you've got to come to my house. But the, but the woman said, all i got to do is touch him. Which one was right? They were both right. And the guy who said, no, Jesus, don't come to my house, speak the word only. Guess what? He was right too. What made them all three right? Because all three of these are different expressions of faith. And I'm going to offer to you tonight that all three of these are different levels or measures or strengths of faith. First man believed 100%. If only Jesus comes to my, all that's got to happen is Jesus come to my house, she'll be healed. The second one believed, all I got to do is touch the hem of his garment. He don't even have to know who I am and I'll be healed. The third one, the centurion, we haven't looked at that tonight, but the third one said, all you got to do is speak the word. Now, I want you to see this for a couple of reasons because case studies in faith and healing, we're, we're looking at these things to, to learn from them, but clearly, clearly, um, there's no like one precise way you follow what I'm saying? In other words, Jesus said, look, woman, turn loose the hem of my garment. Everybody knows I've got to come to your house if you're going to be healed. So let me go take care of this sick little girl, and I'll come back to your house and heal you. Or to the centurion, look, sir, I appreciate, you know, your understanding of military authority and all that. But anybody knows that the only way that you can be healed by me is if I come to your house and, and heal you. No, no, see, that's not, that's not what's happening here. What's, what's happening here is faith, and we're seeing different expressions of it. To me, when Jesus referred to the centurion as the greatest faith he had seen from anybody on planet Earth, it, it certainly was because he said, all you have to do is speak the word. Okay? But remember, Jesus volunteered to come to his house. Can you imagine Jesus saying, you know, you got this, you got a really serious problem. Somebody's sick at your house, somebody dying at your house. And Jesus says, I'm, I'm going to come to your house and heal him. And you go, ah, oh, it's not necessary, Jesus. I mean, you know, if, if, I know some of you weren't here for all these sermons on Faith substitute probability. See, if this, if this man was trusting more in probability than God's ability, you know, you think, well, man, I'm, I believe all he's got to do is say it, but it can only help my chances. You see, but it had nothing to do with chances. 
See, when you're fully persuaded, chances aren't on the table anymore. It's not just that he said all you got to do is say it. It's that before he said all you got to do is say it, he said, you don't even, you, I appreciate your effort, but I believe that when he was talking about a man of authority, man under authority, he's certainly talking about authority, but he's also talking about, you know, with authority comes responsibility. He knew what it was like when somebody over him asked him to go, you know, all of a sudden he's got his day planned out and his boss says, hey, you've got to get all that done today, but before you do any of that, go do this. And he's like, look, Jesus, I, you're a busy man. You've got other people you can help. You don't got to come to my house to heal my servant. You just, you just say it and it's done. How about this statement that Jesus made? Be it unto you according to your faith. Do you see where these, do you see these different levels of faith, these different expressions of faith, one greater than the other and, and then the one after that greater than the first. Okay, now. Amen. There's just so much here. I'm, I'm shutting it down. I know everybody's blessed and you'd probably stay another hour, but let's, it's okay. Let, let, me, let me tell you where we're going with this, all right? And I'll pray. Matter of fact, won't you stand up? Amen. And I'll tell you where we're going and we'll pray. There's many reasons, but one of the, one of the key reasons that we need to look carefully and closely at this case study, no wonder it made it into three of the Gospels. One miracle told by all three, okay? Three of the four, rather. <clears throat> that woman with the issue of blood, she was one, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be conservative here. And use hundreds. I, I believe it was, I believe we would be safe in saying thousands. Okay. But again, just to be conservative, she was one among hundreds who was trying to get a hand on Jesus that day to receive something from him. She received when hundreds did not. Okay? So why? What was the difference? You see, do you see why this makes her... If, if, let's say there's something that, that you want to accomplish and, you know, there's 748 people all tried it and only one person did it and the other 747 people failed. If you're interested in, in accomplishing whatever that one out of 700 and whatever, <laughs> reckon you want to learn something from that person? 
What did you do that everybody else didn't? What did you have that everybody else didn't have? What, what was going on inside of you that clearly wasn't going on, right? Because, see, you can't, and that's why this is such a unique thing. Jairus, obviously, ruler of the synagogue, begged Jesus to come, all sort of stuff. But this woman, amen, she just, she's a name, still nameless. We don't know her name. She just won, she just won in a whole crowd of people. Nothing to do with luck. Had nothing to do with Jesus saying, uh, you know, I'm going to heal you, but not you. No. They were all trying to get to him. They were all trying to put a hand on him. She received, they didn't. Okay? I'll give you a brief glimpse into the answer. It, it has to do with the difference between making contact and making a connection. She made a connection. Amen. Father, you're good to us. We love you. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us how to use our faith to make a connection with you. To use our faith, Father, and exercise our faith in connecting with you in a deeper and more meaningful way. Father, that we would exercise this and, and practice this, Father, not just to try and receive something from you. Certainly we do that, Father. But, but Lord, to, to develop our faith in this abiding is the word Jesus used, Father. Staying connected, staying um, uh, focused, staying aware uh, of, of, of our union with you, Father, our connection with you, because faith is what makes that vital connection, Lord, through which everything that you have and everything that you are, Lord, flows into us and through us, Father. May we no longer be satisfied with a shallow and superficial contact with you. But may we long for and pursue that deep connection. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. All right, some more to come on all of this. Your love, your love, thank you so much for being here. Good things coming. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus.